a warm welcome to everyone watching this or listening to this and also of course to my special guest today uh, Teresa Heath Waring so it's great to have you on the show Teresa so just to say a little bit about you uh, there's various uh, snippets of what you do you seem to do a lot of different things I do so on your LinkedIn page, you say you help business owners, coaches and freelancers achieve business growth and get out of marketing overwhelm by online group coaching and step-by-step training with your online academy. You're also an international keynote speaker and podcaster. Hmm. And on your website, you say that you empower amazing entrepreneurs to start and scale their online business, online businesses. So you um, do a lot of things and it sounds really interesting. So I'm really interested to to hear some of your tricks and tips and so on later on in the show. But well, would you like to start by just sort of saying a bit about your story, how you got to be where you are today? Yeah, sure. So um, I call myself the accidental entrepreneur because I never intended on having my own business ever. So I did a degree in marketing about 16 years ago. I spent 16 years in marketing where I did every kind of marketing role you could imagine. So I had a really good grounding where I worked for Land Rover and headed up their corporate marketing. And then I worked for teeny tiny companies and did everything from fax marketing to direct mailers to literally everything you can imagine and in between. And then I joke that I had an early midlife crisis and my husband and I at the time had separated and went on to be divorced I'd got my daughter who was about three and I was living in my house running my home looking after my daughter and I'd got this marketing job I was head of marketing for an agency and I and I really enjoyed it however I got to the point where I just thought I needed a change. So I handed in my notice really ridiculously and thought, I know I'll give them eight weeks notice and I will have eight weeks to find another job. And I had all intentions to have another job and never thought for one second, I know I will have my own business. And we got about three weeks in and I forgot that I was in lovely Shropshire that doesn't necessarily have the biggest businesses in the world. And my salary was pretty good at the time. And to try and replicate that was going to be difficult. So I got about three weeks in and thought, what am I going to do? Like, I can't, you know, I need to have a job. I need to have money. So anyway, I started to float the idea of what if I started doing this myself? What if I started consulting or having a little agency or something? And my boss at the time got wind of the fact that I was going to do this or was thinking about it and asked me to leave. So I had one week. Uh, one week to launch my business. I had one month's worth of salary. I had no savings, no husband and no rich parents. So literally had to earn enough money to pay the mortgage, pay the car, keep the roof over my daughters and my head and feed us. So I basically just went out there. And when we talk about, you know, hustling, that's exactly what I did. And I worked incredibly hard to get clients, to bring people on. And I started off having an agency and I I loved it. However, then I got to the point where instead of having one boss, I had like 18 bosses and I didn't have that freedom that I thought I would have. Like most people do when they go into business, I was... And I started learning online and doing all the online stuff and all the online courses. And I thought, this is what I want. I want that online business. So in the last few years, I've really focused in on the digital marketing side, the online business side, and done a lot more work around then. But I am now sort of 
almost six years into my business and love it and will never go back. I am now completely unemployable. <laughs> yeah, sure. I know the feeling. <laughs> um, <laughs> once you've achieved, what you've had a taste of this sort of laptop lifestyle where you work from home, set your own hours yeah. and you, so you can create, you have some, some form passive income as well. So you wake up in the morning, you know, you've actually earned money while you've slept yeah. as well. It's very hard to go back to selling your time for money, you know, in these sort of normal jobs. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, it's everything really. It's not just, you know, there's the freedom of it. There's the, the ability to, you know, we, we've actually rearranged this appointment a few times because unfortunately my mum passed away. And what was kind of amazing during that awful period was that my business still kept going yeah. and yet I wasn't in it. You know, sure. my members were very gracious with me. Obviously I explained what was happening and said, I'm going to let one of the teams step in and do some new stuff with you while I'm not here. Yeah. Um, my, you know, things kept coming in. I kept being paid and yet I wasn't in the business. And there's not many places, especially when you own your own business, when you are an entrepreneur, where that can happen. You know, mm. if you're employed, you go off and yes. you get paid. Uh. Sometimes you don't, but you can take that time out. Whereas when you have your own business, it's so hard to do that. And granted, I had to cancel things and rearrange things and move things things but what I was able to do was still have that income so I didn't have to worry about that and I think for me it's having an online business is such a wonderful opportunity it's also hard work and I think yeah. there is a myth of uh you know get an online business and put your feet up and it's like if only that was the case yeah but it does afford you some freedom. But also I find it's although it's work it's not really like work it's not like yeah. going to you know going to a proper job and having all that stress and, and stuff and think, right. Oh no, it's Monday morning. It's the, actually the thing I do, which I love the most is just yeah. sitting at my computer and sort of working on my business. And you're right. And I joke on my website <laughs> that I don't have any hobbies other than drinking gin. Yeah. And drinking, which, honest, my two favorite things. Sure. And, yeah. You know, and I, I'm like, you know, I adore what I do. I love what I do. So because it's about sort of helping other people. Yeah. It's about expressing yourself and it's trying to sort of work out, you know, different ways, different strategies. You know, how can I do all this better all the time? So exactly. Creative. And, and I love to help people. And I love yeah. to how, you know, what I can do. And, and the other thing is, if you've chosen an online business that is your passion, it is easy. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not, you work hard, but it doesn't feel like hard work. You, which obviously I have one of my things is a membership the like could you literally get up every day and talk about this thing and it's like without doubt like it would be the easiest thing in the world to do and it is and and it's got to be like that if you're going to to have that kind of online business you've got to know that you can get up every single day and talk about the business you're in sure so um I just like to unpack a bit the I think you've been doing this for six years the digital marketing so yeah. obviously like many of us, you've tried things that maybe haven't worked as well and then you've tried other things and it's been a bit of like exploring so until you sort of found the sort of winning formula. Yeah. So could you say a bit about like the things you tried or that didn't work so well or? Yeah, yeah, cool. So like I said, I think in my head, my initial thing was I'm going to have an agency. So mm. in my head, I was going to do social media, I was going to do social media marketing for people that couldn't necessarily afford to have a marketing manager at my level because yes. I've been it for a long, long time, and and I had the confidence that I knew what I was talking about. But 
and I thought I'm going to bring on a designer and I'm going to bring on a tech person. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to have an office and it's going to be really cool. And it's going to be all these things. And then, like I said, I started to realize that actually the, some of the stuff I love to do the most, which was to stand on stage and speak, which obviously we're not doing so much of now, yeah. but I still get to do the online thing and share my knowledge that actually that really got in the way of the, the kind of doing the client work because the clients wanted to see me they had i'd bought them on they yeah. had bought into me yeah. and if i wasn't available then that wasn't working for them yes so actually a i found the transition to try and give them to someone else incredibly difficult and yeah. never fulfilled that role never had found that person who could be the other me yeah yeah um, and then i realized I, I didn't want to be I didn't want to feel like they would email me and I had to get back to them that day. Sure. I wanted to feel like if I was doing an event that I didn't have to, you know, cause when you go and do an event and you're speaking, I spend the whole day there yeah. and I mix with people and I get, you know, interviewed or I do photos or whatever it might be. And I didn't want to think, you know, while you're trying to do that, you're also conscious of your phone ringing and you've got to pick it up because it's a client. So mm. actually I really struggled with that. And also the other thing that didn't work for me was, I'd got this, uh, I, we'd just, we're in the process of getting this big client and they said to me, I want to come to your office and meet your team. And I hadn't got an office and right. I'd only got a virtual team. Yes. And I spoke to my assistant who was virtual at the time. Yeah. And she literally was like 20 minutes down the road from me, but we mm. worked virtually. Mm. And I was like, what do I do? And she said, you tell the truth. You say, yeah. I don't have a team. Well, I have yeah. a team that are virtual. There's yeah. no way you can meet them all. And I don't have an office. But again, yeah. I felt like there was that, I must have an office to be credible. Sure. I must have a team sat around me to be credible. Yeah. And that was all a huge mistake. So I started off the business thinking, I want this agency life and I want this thing. And then started to realize that actually... I didn't want that at all. Sure, because it is so easy for something like that to just become another job, doesn't yeah. it? And especially clients can be very demanding sometimes. Absolutely. And they want all these things done now, you know, and then, oh, it's never perfect. They want it done this way and then you think it's great. But they think, no, well, they want it done like this or yeah. they argue about stuff all the time. And um, also, it's an agency can be a commodity service because there's so many agencies and you do a proposal and say, oh, this, 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 and then they go down the road and they find you know hundreds of other people that can do similar things so why would someone yeah. choose your agency over someone else's so it's a race to the bottom you just have to continually reduce your price low yeah. and low and then there's people in you know other countries with um lowest uh, with better conversion rates on the currency um competing against you as well so that's where um like you i sort of discovered personal branding because mm. if you um, if they like you and they bind to you, then you have the monopoly over you. You know, you may not be perfect, you know, like all of us, we've got strengths and weaknesses, but it's also like building a sort of relation, uh, emotional relationship with you, with that person. And then, you know, the trust and so on. And then, uh, and then I think that is sort of, that's the backbone of what, what I'm trying to do personally is, is mm. to create, I've also heard it described as building a moat around your castle to sort of protect yourself from sort of competition and intruders. Cause uh, and you're right. I think if people like you and there are going to be people that don't like the way I do mm. things, there are going to be people that don't like the sound of my voice or don't feel I've got the right, you know, whatever. And that's absolutely fine. And I think when you have, and I'm always a bit kind of, I struggle saying personal branding because I feel like, I don't know, that maybe I sound a bit egotistical, but <laughs> like, you know, 
when you do have a personal brand, mm. there's a real confidence that comes from, if you love me, great. If you don't, mm. absolutely fine as well. Sure. And, and I think that's the step of, of now I'm in and I feel really happy about that. Yeah, and I know. And at first, people are maybe a bit scared of being visible because they just mm-hmm. assume that everyone's going to hate them. Yeah. But, you know, uh, what I found is, obviously, there are people who don't like you or think you're stupid as yeah. a part. The vast majority sort of do really like you and you get all that sort of positive, um, you know, support and emotion and so on, so, which, is, yeah. which is really re- rewarding. And you attract your tribe. So yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, you get I attract your own little, people yeah. who are like me. Yes. You know, so I joke all the time. And if I do a coaching call in the membership and it's in the evening, I'll have a glass of wine yeah. or a gin with me without yeah, doubt. Yeah. You yeah. know, but then my members are sat there doing the same too. So yeah, because it's all I, about just being yourself, isn't it? And being relaxed and you know, and then and, and being authentic, really, about yeah. everything else. Because yeah. you can't change who I am, and like yeah, you yeah. said. And funny enough, I've literally, I've had a coaching call this morning before this call. And, and I literally have had a, a conversation with someone that's like, you know, exactly the same as what we're talking about. Yeah. We, what we do, you can find on the internet. Yes. Without doubt, right. Sure. We, can, we live in a world of Google yeah. where it has everything. Now mm. you're going to have to sift through a lot of rubbish yeah. to get to the good stuff. But it's about, do you like the way I deliver it? Do you yes. like the experience I've had that obviously gives me a certain view on that? what I'm delivering. Do you like, you know, the coaching calls? Do you like the kind of way that you can ask me a question? I'll give you a direct answer. It's those things that add the value. And like you said, no one can compete with being me because I am the only me, Exactly. you know? So this really is one of the best marketing strategies in the world. Like I said, you are always going to get people who I'm not for and that's absolutely fine. But, but if you, you do like it, then great, you know, because as long as I'm being completely authentic as to who I am, and you've got to, especially in a world where, and one of the things I talk about is being visible. And, and yeah. if you're in business and you are the business, especially you have to be visible, you know, you to try and keep up a level of, uh, if you were trying to act a certain way, it's virtually impossible. Yeah. You know, if you are doing it all the time, that is such hard work. So just be yourself. It's so And I think easier. that was the problem when I had a proper job. Because yeah. <laughs> I used to be a chartered accountant and I used to, have to go <laughs> to this office and pretend to be like ultra professional. And, and it wasn't really me. I was just a bit more sort of laid back and, you know, chilled out and stuff. So, yeah. Just, yeah. So that's why I love that I can just be myself and, you know, people either like me or hate me. And, that, and, and in the same way, I think sometimes people look at big sort of personal brands. Let's take Gary Vaynerchuk. And there's yeah. loads of people want to be Gary Vaynerchuk. And it's like, yeah, but, but you're not. You're no. you and he's he. Sure. So you know, <laughs> if you are naturally like him, if you yeah. naturally are like that, then great. That's yeah, you. Yeah. But don't, because it worked for someone else, you know, I'm watching. Um, so obviously Instagram have done reels, which is competitor to TikTok and I watch all these people doing all these reels and I'm, I said to a friend a business friend the other day and my husband I was like do you think I should do reels and they were like no and I'm like thank god you said that because I don't want to do reels <laughs> but the thing is you start looking at other people thinking well if sure. it's working, then maybe maybe it needs to work for me too and I could do the yeah, same yeah. actually does that fit with who I am do I want to dance around like an idiot no thanks yeah. I am absolutely fine but you'll get you know, something different. So you'll get an hour's podcast form from me where I'll tell you some great, amazing stuff, or you'll get, you know, um, something that's, that's more in line with who I am and what I do. So again, I think if you are on the route of personal brand, 
it's no good looking at other people going, I want to be the next Gary Vaynerchuk because there isn't a next Gary Vaynerchuk. Sure. There's only one. That was yeah. him. He'd done it. He's really That's- good at it. He's amazing. Yeah, he's he's really good. So, okay, so let's go on to, um, so on your website, you say you empower amazing entrepreneurs. So that's interesting. You say you don't teach, you empower. Mm. Is that, uh, well, the whole sentence is, I empower amazing entrepreneurs to start and scale their online businesses. Because that is quite telling. And I didn't actually notice that the first time I read it. I just thought, oh, well, you know, she'll, she'll teach. But empowering shows that it's actually mindset is probably Mm. the major part of it because you know anyone can learn the techniques put a website together remember you know that's sort of relatively easy but Mm. you need the the spirit uh, the confidence and the the belief sort of to do it is is that correct absolutely i think what was interesting so i started my business bearing in mind i have a degree in marketing i just Mm. when i started the business i'd spent the last 10 years in marketing i knew what to do Mm. i knew how to market myself and then i started helping people launch online stuff so they'd launch memberships or courses and i helped all these people and we had amazing successful launches and i wanted to launch my own thing and i sat on it for 12 months Wow. Literally 12 months. And I sat and, and I knew what to do. I literally yes. had, had the funnel written out ready. I could write <laughs> I knew the systems. I, I had the thing that most people come to me for, which was the tools and the techniques and the tactics and all that. I'd got all that and yet yeah. I didn't do it. And the reason I didn't do it is because I was scared. I was terrified sure. of what if no one bought? What if someone yeah, yeah. bought and they thought it was terrible? Yeah. What if actually someone looks at it and goes, you don't know anything, you're a massive fraud, what the hell do you think you're doing? Yeah. What if I put an advert out and someone says something mean? What if, and all yeah. these things, And I just kept finding excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. And I basically um, paid a lot of money to be part of a next level coaching program with James Wedmore. And I went out to uh, Irvine or Laguna, normally where he holds his conferences. And I went out and I sat in the room of like, I don't know, 30, 40 other entrepreneurs and huge kind of who the hell do I think I am? Imposter syndrome kicking in. And he was, it was really interactive. Everybody's asking questions. And I was like, right, I really want to like put myself out there and ask a question or put my hand up, but I don't want him to critique me. And he was really like, he used to do like um, hot seats all the time. And I was like, I don't want one of them. <laughs> so anyway, he, the next day he said, uh, any key takeaways from yesterday? And a couple of people put their hands up and were like, this is my takeaway. And he went, great. And just carried on. So yeah. I thought, oh, this is my opportunity. I'll answer this question. He won't probe. And I'm done. So I put my hand up and he gave me the mic and he was like, what was your key takeaway? And I said that I'm not being the entrepreneur that my business needs me to be. And he's like, oh, what makes you say that? And I, so I was like, oh, damn it, right? So then turn, <laughs> and I'm in front of all these entrepreneurs, mostly Americans, you know, really strong characters, successful business people. And then there's James Wedmore, like, you know, multi-million dollar business. And he's like, what would it look like if you were? And I said, well, I would have launched my course. And he's like, mm. what course is this? Mm. So of course I explain, I've got this course and I hadn't done it. And I teach people how to launch and I know how to do that. So he said, so why haven't you launched the course? And I said, I I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm scared. And he's like, so what are you scared of? And he just kept probing. I said, well, I don't know what if I fail? And he said, how many have you sold already? And I said, well, none, I haven't launched it. He went, well, you failed already then. Haven't yeah. you? He said, if your fear is that you're not going to sell any, you are doing exactly what, and it just hit me like, oh my word, you know, and I realized that 
like you said, there are the tools and the tactics and yes, you do need to know them and that's cool. And I can point people in the right direction. I can give them the funnel they need and I can give them onboarding emails and, and how to get people on a webinar and how to sell on a webinar. I can do all that. But actually they need the empowering. They need the, the belief that they can do this because when I look at the people I go to, my go-to amazing people and I get to spend time with and I get to interview, you know, the thing that they have above all else is just the tenacity to keep going is that it doesn't matter if they fail, they get back up and they do it again and they get back up and do it again. And what I see in so many entrepreneurs is that is enough to stop them in their tracks, just like that. You know, they'll fail once and go, oh, well, it wasn't for me. It, you know, it didn't work because I didn't do this. And actually there are a million reasons why it might not work. It might not have worked because you didn't have the funnel right. It might not work because your landing page sucked and, and you've got a terrible sales page. It might not have worked because you didn't do the work with your audience to warm them up. You might not have had an audience. It might not have worked because you didn't do the best job you could have done of putting yourself out there. And it might not work because you need to do it again, but it's mm. having that strength and that ability to go, I'm really resilient. I can do this again. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing I love about when I, when I look at the successful entrepreneurs is when we find them, we think, oh, they, they were overnight successes because we yeah. find them when they're successful. Yeah, so, that's right. How yeah. did they get there? Like, you know, how can Jasmine Starr have like 300 and something thousand Instagram followers? And what you have to do is you have to think about how long they've been doing what they've doing mm. when they showed up and no one was watching. Yeah. So Jasmine does a live or, or used to do a live every week on her Instagram page. And, you know, Jasmine would show up regardless of whether anybody was watching. Right. And she just kept doing it and yeah. doing it and doing it. Whereas, you know, what would happen with probably 70, 80% of entrepreneurs is they will show up once, twice, three times ago, oh, this didn't work. Oh, it's not working and just give up. And it's like, no, that's not the case. You've just got to have this unwavering belief and faith that this is where, you, this is the thing you were meant to do and where you're meant to be and just keep doing it and it will come. Sure. Um, and I found personally also a good way of starting to do that, start to get that confidence is to start helping people for free. Yes. And, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yes. you sort of start to get that energy back and you believe, well, yes, I can really help people. People are really, you know, they are sort of thinking, they are sort of saying, oh, well, that's really amazing. And, you know, that's just really gives you the confidence. Once you start helping people, you know, well, like, all I need to do then is just sort of scale this up. Yeah. If you are, if you are brand new to, to starting this journey, yeah. then you need to know that, hey, you can do it because... Yes you know, you've got to know that you've got a viable product and, That's you know, right. you need to know that we can actually help people and B, you need those, those cheerleaders. You need those people in those early days to be like, this really worked for me. This person's amazing. Yes. And I think what's really interesting, especially when people first start off is they they'll, so I had um, one of my members in the Academy, she opened a membership and one person joined. Okay. And normally you know, everyone would, would have been like, oh my God, that's awful. All this effort for one person. Yeah. And she came on a coaching call and she went, what do I do? And I said, you love that one person. Yeah. You literally love them. Mm. You work with them. You, you know, you thank them. You're be grateful for them. And you find out why did they come to you? And what was it that, why were they inspired to buy this thing from you? What help did they need? And you've really 
invest in that one person because that's one person and then it might be three and then it might be five and and everybody wants the big numbers and I was I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about their podcast and they were like oh I'm only getting about you know 40 to 50 downloads no about 100 downloads per episode Mm. and I'm like right that's a hundred people hmm. who have got you in their ears talking directly to you, to them. Hmm. I said, what if all those hundred are in your house? That hmm. is a lot of people. And yet yeah. we look at some of these big, huge Gary Vaynerchuk type people and think, well, if it's not 5 million, it's not worth it. And it's like a sure. hundred people who potentially you are making a big difference to their life. Yeah. So every every little bit of anything, if anybody sends me a DM, if anybody tags me in anything, if anybody emails me from day one to forever, I will be so grateful and I will reply to them and I will thank them and I will share their post because it's like, you've got to look after all those, those first teeny tiny numbers in order for them to grow. It's the people who look at the kind of ones and twos and threes and go, well, it's not enough. Well, it's like, how about loving those people first and then they'll help you get bigger. But if you're not going to invest in those ones and twos and threes, you're never going to get to that point. Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, so can you sort of, so if someone came to you and said, Oh, I'm new to this. Mm -hmm. If you were to sort of summarize the basic strategy without going into sort of massive detail. Yeah. It's all about sort of uh, creating a course, creating traffic, creating funnels. Or is, is, is that right? Yeah. So first it'd be right at the basics of what do you do that you absolutely love and could yeah. you do forever? So you'd find out what their passion thing was. And then the next step for me always is you need to be known for that thing. So what does that look like? Is it social media? What consistent content can you create? So obviously you do, you know, your live streams and your podcast and I do, I have a podcast. How can you show up Mm. regularly? Now it's not about showing up every day. It's not about showing up once a week. It's about showing up consistently Mm. and regularly, whether that's Mm. every other week for you, that's fine. Mm. For me, it's weekly. So how can you show up every week, every other week and show people, you know, what you're talking about and that you have a passion for it. And Mm. how can you start attracting that tribe and that audience? And it's really about knowing who, who is it you're trying to help? Yes. And what's their biggest pain point? What's the one thing. So one thing that my audience has beyond anything else is overwhelmed. They are so overwhelmed by everything. Like they know they want to do this stuff, but there's too many things. They are juggling a million different things and they feel like they should be amazing at all of it. And it's like, who said, you know, we've never done this before. You've never done this before. How on earth are you meant to be brilliant at it? So the, the key pain point that I help with is taking that overwhelm off them, giving them a strategy, but also giving them that confidence to do those things and to go ahead. And then once they've done the launch and once they've done the thing, it's like, great, let's, let's look and review what's happened and let's see what we, where we can go from here. So for me, it's all about building that audience. And you will hear people who say you can have an online business with no email list and no audience. Yes you could try it's yes. going to be a lot harder than if you did have an audience sure. and even if you have an audience it's still not it's still not a given that you're going to be an overnight success it's it takes time and you've constantly got to work at it but yes. but finding that those tribe finding those people helping them with their pain points what do they need help with today so whether like i said you do that in a blog whether you do it in a blog whether you do it on a podcast um and then start building that email list like 
if you came to me and said, I'd done those things, I'd be so happy. And I'd go, great, now, what yeah. can we sell them? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and look at, should it be a membership? Should it be a coaching program? Should it be a course? Is it going to be a huge course? Is it a little course? Is it a drip fed thing? Are you going to have trip wires? Are you going to, you know, there's a million options at that point. And, mm. and we can work all that out. But really for mm. me, you've got to love what you do. You've got to be good at what you do. Yeah. And then you've got to have that tribe behind you and you've got to have that audience. And to do that, you'll need to show up, whether yes. it's on social media, whether it's on you know consistent content you need to show up for those things sure i mean also i found um the best thing is to start with video because what if you start with a video you can put it in so many different places so i put yes. mine on youtube facebook linkedin i actually get most traffic from linkedin Amazing. and then um also strip out the audio and put it on a podcast yeah so there's four places you know and i could do more than that as well i could put it on twitter i notice you're really big on twitter aren't you yeah, I love Twitter. It's funny. Yeah. People, people are not keen on Twitter anymore. No. I've been on it for a long time and I do yeah. really like it. And I like, I like the platforms where the interaction's easy. So oh for me, Twitter and Instagram, really lovely interaction. You know, I can go and have conversations with people. They can have conversations with me. Whereas on Facebook as a business and a page, you can't go and have a conversation with someone unless they've come to have a conversation with you. It's not very two-way. Um, yes. LinkedIn is better. LinkedIn is, is better than Facebook in that case. But again, if you are working from a page rather than a profile, which obviously when you're a personal brand, you can use a profile rather than a page on LinkedIn. Yeah. If you are using a page, again, you can't do that outreach. Um, so for me, I really like Instagram and Twitter, regardless of whether it's a business account or personal account, you can mm. still have that two-way conversation. So I can go and comment on other people's pictures or like their stuff or retweet them or reply to something they've written. And, and yet that's really hard for me to do on something like Facebook. Yes, I agree. That is a bit of a downside of Facebook, isn't it? Mm. But, uh, okay, so let's... Um, so do you want to talk about... So if someone's interested in finding out a bit more about your programs, mm -hmm. uh, what sort of ways they can work with you and I can also share my screen so we can look at your, your website because I imagine oh. is that the best place for people. Yeah, yeah. so basically uh, TeresaHeathWearing.com um, you will find me and my site. Um, if you look at things like the Work With Teresa page you will basically uh, be directed to a few different ways you can work with me. I have my academy, um, oh there you go, you can always get some freebies on my site and yes. they're really good as well just because often people give away freebies and you download them and think oh what a load of rubbish whereas yes. I'm very much of the value so yeah and there you go there's that word feeling overwhelmed straight underneath it yes like, because that's what I know that people are, are struggling with so sure. um, so yeah so you can uh, if you go in the uh, work with trees section you can have a look at the academy which is basically the um, online membership that I have and actually next month the cart's going to close so oh. the academy will stay open but I'm going to close the cart for a bit just so I can focus on some things so you'll if you want to get in you need to think about doing that soon and then uh, so, so this, this is goes to the academy this is currently open so it's currently open yeah at the moment so this is a landing page. This is a sales page. So it looks a bit different to the site, but obviously it's still consistent. These are all my lovely members. Oh, you did this in Kajabi? Okay. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I okay. use Kajabi. I'm a big fan of it. But okay. the, the Academy has loads of value, loads and loads of value. There's courses, there's coaching calls. Um, 
and and the members are amazing we have yes. some really really good stuff in there okay. um so the the academy is a monthly membership and then if you just head back to the site the next thing is the 90-day program now if you click on that it should go to a waitlist page because there we go because it's about to open in september and right. what the 90 day program is is it's for those entrepreneurs who are ready to take the next step who are ready mm. to take the next um kind of put their money where their mouth is a little bit so yes i love the membership but it does require you to be fairly proactive yes the 90 day focus the reason i do the focus is because of the fact that you get my accountability so you get yes. me saying to you you said you're going to do this you need to do yes. this because actually when i think about my business and where I've made the biggest changes, it's when I had someone to keep me accountable. Sure. Because I, I didn't need someone to teach me the stuff. I knew the stuff. And actually I didn't realize it was the motivation. It was having a cheerleader. It was having someone say, you can do this. Now go ahead and do this. And actually, I mean, for, for anyone who hasn't been through that process, uh, I know that it really works. And I remember I used to do martial arts a long time okay. ago, back in my twenties. But I remember, I, we had to do 10 push-ups on our fingertips and I always believed that I couldn't do it. I thought, yeah. no, I can just get up to three or four. But I remember the, um, the sensei was standing over me, sort of glaring at me and, and, and like, I, I realized I could do it. It was yeah. just, he didn't, what he had to do was look at me. It was incredible. And also I was in this other sort of mastermind program and that was like a year long program. But I remember I had every two weeks, I had a call with, with a coach and, uh, I just, and, and then in, in that call, I sort of say, well, what are you going to do next two weeks? And I'd tell this. And then I knew I had another call with him in two weeks. And yeah. I just, although he was never mean to me or anything, I just knew, I just sort of felt, well, it'd be a bit embarrassing to say, well, I haven't done anything. So and just, just that you. little subtle sort of social interaction yeah. gave me the, the motivation I needed to push because we've all got resistance. And mm. it's amazing how something subtle like that can really help you. And having that conversation. So when someone sits there and says, um, you know, I, I want to launch this, but I'm not ready yet. And it's like, okay, mm. so what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. And they start talking through all their fears. And then you yeah. literally, you're able to go, no, yeah, yeah. whatever, fine. <laughs> you know, in a really nice way. Mm. Like, so often the thing that holds people back is they don't want to put themselves out there. They're scared of putting themselves out there. And it's like, do you know what? The day that someone says something mean, you will actually be pleased because yeah. it people are seeing your stuff. Sure. Like that is not a problem. And I think, I think that's a really, um, a fear that everyone has, but it's completely unrealistic. You know, they look at maybe big people who are getting absolutely slated online yeah. and they think that's going to happen to me. Well, no, because no one cares. Sure, like, exactly, if I yeah. said to the word, they don't. <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. you know, you're not that big yet. And when you are, you need, you'll hopefully then have the confidence to go, do you know what? I do help people and I am good at what I do. And if sure. they don't like what I do or how I do it, then that's up to them and that's yeah, fine. Yeah. And also we need to be really realistic, right? This is the way I deal with it. Cause I have had some stuff. I had someone write an entire blog post about me once. Like, mm. I'm not even kidding. This woman took a real dislike to me. Sure. But then I have to go, well, what's happened in their life that they feel the need to yeah. go on they mean things like, yeah. you know, because you know what, as a fairly grounded, normal person, yeah. I am pretty happy that I don't feel the need to do that. So sure. if anything, I feel for them and think, well, that's a real shame. Yeah, yeah. And, then I block them. and then I go, I don't, but I don't need that in my world. So that's no. cool. 
like I said, I rarely get it and, and yeah, yeah. People rarely get it. So being able to hear them say these things to me and for me to give them real kind of, right, this is the truth in your head. You're telling yourself yeah, yeah. this, this is the actual truth. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have to take it right down to, will anybody die? Like, yeah. you know, when I've had to do things that are really scary that maybe I've not wanted to do, or I've really struggled with, I've literally had to sit there and go, will I lose my house? No. Will anybody die? No. Will I be able to put food on the table? Yes. Like, mm. so one of the questions that James asked me was, if you launch and no one buys, what will actually happen? Mm. And it wasn't really something that I had necessarily given that much thought to. And he's like, how much money will you lose? Mm. Will you lose all the money that you've got? And I'm like, no, so <laughs> i probably put some on Facebook ads, but you yeah, know, yeah. we're talking like maybe a hundred, couple of hundred tops. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, so you could afford to lose that if, if that happened. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so you won't lose all your money. And you know, does that mean you can't pay your mortgage? No. Does that mean no? And, and just having someone have that conversation with you basically brings all your walls down and you're like, so really I've got no good reason then have I? And it makes you realize that you can do this. And then with that support, and then with me saying to them, right, great. So let's take these steps. And then yes. once we've done that, let's take a few more. And like you said, which is really funny about, you know, you felt like, oh, I've got to do it. Yeah. Again, I never shout at anybody no. <laughs> the day before. So part of the 90 day program is you get some group calls, very small, no more than 10 and all amazing entrepreneurs. Mm. You get group calls and then you get a solo call with me in between. And you know, like I said, I will give you very direct actions to say, right, you need to achieve this with you. I'm not going to push someone if I don't think they can achieve yeah, it. Yeah. But then like what happens is the day before their next call, they'll email me going, oh my God, here we go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it's like, and then I get on the call and they're like, I'm so sorry. I already said it last night. And it's like, but the point is you did it. And yeah, if yeah. you hadn't got that call with me, would you have done it? Be honest. Mm. And they're like, no, not in a million years. Yeah. So we need, we all do. I need it. I have a coach. You know, we all need to have that accountability somewhere for us to show up and, and do these things and, yeah. and get this work done. So that's, I love both the Academy and the 90 program. It those. is interesting, isn't it? How we need other people because a lot of people, I mean, I always used to think, Oh, I love computers. I love the internet because I don't have to go to work. I could just sit in my yeah. room all day and make money. And, uh, and I never used to, um, to, to work with other people at all. But um, recently, especially started doing this show and stuff and, you know, having different teachers and also starting to help people. I realized it's actually the internet is actually a people business mm. and we need other people. We are social beings. We yeah. can't do things. Well, we sort of can do things a bit ourselves, but the um, working with other people, having encouragement and so on and teaching people and just sort of moving into a community can um, just really make an incredible difference and can be the difference between in sort of incredible success and total failure really, which is amazing when you're sort of doing the similar things. It's just that you are doing them sort of a, and because it, it, sometimes you just need to do things at a, different level you just have to as you said it might just need to do one extra thing or to do something a bit better or to just get out there a bit more just like one little because of the scalability of the internet can make a massive difference and you're right i think i think in our head we can think oh well i've got everything i need i've got the internet yeah. i've got a course or i've got a yeah, yeah. but the truth is like i said i sat there and i had all that and i didn't do a single thing with it that's you know? right and and it took another human who's been there, done it, got the t-shirt. And I think that's the other thing as well. I often see, and you must see this, you know, online people saying, 
I can help you do this and I can help you. In fact, I had someone, I saw something the other day about how they can use Instagram to basically grow your business. And I looked at their Instagram and I was like, that's weird because you've not got many followers. Um, yes. <laughs> you don't to be getting much interaction. And it's like, yeah. you need to find people who are doing it, who have gone through it, you know, sure. who who have sat at the end of a webinar waiting to go live thinking, oh my goodness, what if no one turns up? Yes. And then when people do turn up, how do you manage that? And, yeah, yeah. and getting it wrong. And I did a live in my membership the other day and, and I was using uh, BeLive and it didn't share my screen and I couldn't oh, get it to work. And I was like, what is going on? <sighs> and I was like, right, I'm really sorry, guys. I'm going to have to come off and I'm going to have to come on again. Mm. And I did exactly that. And when I went back on, I was like, any of you sat there thinking, oh, I don't want to do a live because what if it goes wrong? Mm. I've just done it. There we yeah, go. Yeah. I've done it for you. <laughs> uh, if I can do it and make a mess, yeah. then you can do the same. Because sure. we're all human and we all make oh, mistakes. Yeah. So yeah. again, it's like seeing those people go through those motions and take those, those steps and, and have done this and are where you want to be. You know, so I go to people like Michael Hyatt. I go to Amy Porterfield or James Wedmore because they're now at the level I want to be at. So, And you know, I noticed, speaking of Amy Porterfield, you actually had to on your show, didn't you? Yes, we're friends. Which, yeah, oh, really, which, uh, which really impressed me. So, um, and, uh, so, in fact, out of everything because I spent a little while researching you, looking at all your social media assets. And that was really what struck me the most. That, yeah. And also, of course, Dean Graziosi. He's a really yeah. good name. He's uh, massive, yeah. Then, so how did you, so how, how did she come on your show? You you in her program then? Or like in a circle or something like that? So I, when I started my podcast, I went, I was at some conferences and, and Pat Flynn was there, obviously a big podcaster. Sure. And um, he was talking about, or someone asked the question of how do you get people on your show? Yes. And he gave a few bits of advice. And firstly, I, he said, get really good at doing the podcast before you have right. anybody on your show. Like, you know, so he recommended doing quite a few episodes before you had anybody. Yeah. Because oh, one really? of the questions was, you, you're trying to get people on your show. And normally the question they ask is, well, how big's your show? Yeah, now, yeah. I, I'm really open in the sense of there's very little I will say no to if I have the time. Right. Just because, just because I've been turned down only twice i think ever because my show my show wasn't big enough and it's like right. well maybe you just don't know do you you don't know who's going to be the next amazing yeah. person so let's just give if you can give so anyway so i he gave that advice and then he said and get to know them take them for a coffee have a conversation with them rather than just being about will you come on my show yeah. so i did something a little bit crazy but it worked a treat I had, uh, I had already been in Amy's, one of Amy's courses. I had met Amy a couple of times at events, but only literally to have a photo taken and say hi and that sort of thing. And because I'm British and mm. I always went to the States, then I yeah. stood out a little bit. Mm. Pat, I was very fortunate that Pat and I had actually spoke on the same stage. So he was speaking at an event that I was and he was right before me. Right. So I was in the green room with him. So again, I'd had a bit of a conversation. He knew yeah just about who I was yes and then I went to this event and I saw him anyway so I got back home and I started the podcast or it had gone live and I got to I don't know 20 odd episodes which obviously is 20 odd weeks it's a fair old length of time yeah and I thought right I need some I want to start interviewing but I want the big names so I decided yeah. that I wanted Pat and Amy first mm. which is a 
big, big ask because they're sure. huge and they say yeah. no to lots of things. Yeah. So anyway, I contacted Pat via Instagram. I did a video message and I sent him a DM and I did this video saying, hey, Pat, it's Teresa. I hope you're well. So again, he can see me, he can hear me. Hopefully it's yeah. like doing spells. And I said, Pat, I saw you speak at Trafficking Conversion and you said, take people for a coffee. Now, if you want to build a relationship with them, now that's really hard to do when you live five and a half thousand miles away. So I'm going to fly to the States to take you for a coffee. Will you meet me? (laughs) Wow. And I did, right? Wow. And so I gave them some dates where I was going to, and I wasn't planning on going over for any other reason. This was the only reason I was going. And I spoke to him and said, will you meet me? He immediately came back and said, yes. So we booked him in for the Wednesday and I did exactly the same to Amy. And she took a bit longer. Um, because the relationship wasn't as strong there as mm-hmm. I'd known Pat. But anyway, she eventually came back and said, yes, both of them said, I've got an hour. I was with both of them for two hours separately. Pat took me to his studio. I saw his offices. I saw his whole like YouTube setup. It wow. was amazing. I went in his Tesla. We just got on like a house on fire. And, and my idea was, I wasn't going to ask them to come on the podcast straight off. I thought I'll meet them for coffee. I'll start building that relationship. If it goes well, when I get back to the UK, I will say to them, is there any chance? Right. The truth was, I didn't even have to ask. I sat there and both of them separately. It was almost like the same thing. They both separately said to me, you know, how's things going? I was like, good podcast is on episode 20 something. I want to start interviewing people. I said, and they said, oh, who have you asked? I was like, no one. And they said, why haven't you asked? And guess why I hadn't asked? Because I was scared. Sure. I was scared they would say no. And what yeah, would that yeah. say about me? Well, it says nothing about me. Yeah, and that's yeah. the truth. You, it doesn't, it's not about us. So no. anyway, he said, well, I said, I've got a list of people. And, and Pat actually said, and Amy, like I said, it was weird. It was so similar. They were like, well, if I'm on the list, let me know. I'll do it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I was like, you're top of my list. Nice. So that was it. So I had Pat and I had Amy. Yeah. I got back to the UK. I recorded both those episodes. And then I looked at their circle. So yes. Pat and Amy are good friends of Rick Mulready. They're also good friends with Jasmine Starr. Uh, Jasmine Starr and Amy are good friends of James Wedmore. And I joined James Wedmore's group as well by that right. point. Okay. Um, but basically I looked at their circles and mm. I thought, who knows them? So. Sure. And now what happens is I, I, I get loads of requests in now for podcast guests and, and we have a process of where there's lots of questions and then the yeah. team fills some of them out. Um, and it's got to be a good match for my audience sure. and that sort of thing. So I'm not asking as many people as I used to, but when I do want to ask someone, mm. I literally go, I think you would, I think you, my audience would be perfect for you. Mm. So it's always got to be about them. You know, this audience is a great audience for you. These are the people you want to attract. And then I say, and you'd be in great company because I've had, and the minute I list out Amy and Pat and James and Jasmine and Dean Graziosi. In fact, can I just tell you how Dean, because this was crazy. Yes. when I first started my business, I was not woo-woo in the slightest. And when I talk no. about being woo-woo, I talk about manifesting and meditating, sure. journaling and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And as the business has progressed, and especially doing work with James Edmore, because he is very woo-woo, I've been doing a bit more of it and I actually really like it. And so I am now a bit more of a believer of what you put out to the universe, you get back. Again, I've done stuff with Tony Robbins and he is like where your uh, focus goes, your energy flows sure. and all this So this one day I'm sat on a Zoom call with some friends during lockdown and I'm chatting to them, work friends. 
And I'm saying, I could really do with something like amazing on the podcast. Like I've had some amazing guests, but, uh, and I'm not really sure where my next level is or how I get to it. Like my dream is Brene Brown, like and Tony Robbins. That would be amazing. Yes. Yeah, not yeah. together necessarily. Um, no. So, you know, I'm sat there like, I really, really need a good guess. Who could that be? I'm not sure. And I basically just said, I'm just going to put it out there to the universe. And if yeah. you want to deliver something, then crack on and deliver it. That'd be ace. I'm not even kidding you. And I swear it sounds like I'm making it up and I'm not. I get off the call. About 30 minutes later, I get a, a DM into my Instagram from Dean Graziosi's account. He's got a million followers. Like this guy is massive. Yeah. Tony Robbins. He's best friends with Tony Robbins. That's right. I know they've done courses together, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. And so Dean's assistant in his Instagram, in Dean's Instagram account, messaged me saying, we really like what you're doing. Um, and we're wondering if we can work together. Are you looking for a guest for the podcast? Wow. And I literally fell on the floor. In fact, I thought it was a wind up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this isn't, this isn't true. This isn't going to happen. This is Dean yeah. This guy is massive and yeah. he's come to me. So yeah. anyway, uh, we book it and I send all the stuff through and I'm literally sat there waiting for the Zoom to start and thinking, he's not going to turn up. This is all just going to be one sick joke or something. Yeah. And he obviously turned up and he was amazing. Oh. And he started the podcast by praising me and what I do. And wow. he'd looked into me and he thought I was doing an amazing job. And like literally, and the podcast was amazing and his... He was really great. He gave some mm. great advice. It's very motivational. Um, but yeah, so so for me, it's, it, you know, like I said, I love the woo bit. I love the fact how that came back. Yeah. To begin with, it was about really working hard, like making that ridiculous effort. Like today you wouldn't be able to do it because we can't go anywhere. But yeah. it's about, and, and in my head, even if like, even if they'd said no to coming on the podcast, I still wanted to meet them for coffee. I still wanted to have a yes. conversation with them. I still wanted, you know, Amy to be like, let me take your number and then text yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, that's just insane. Um, and so it wasn't, it wasn't selfishly doing it just for the podcast. That still would have been amazing if I'd had nothing else. But sure. the truth was I did get that. And then once I got those two, people almost didn't even ask the credibility question then. Sure. They just yeah. took it that if someone like Amy and Pat will give me their time, then yeah. they'll give me their time too. Well, so that's the one of that's one of the amazing things about doing a podcast and mm. a show, isn't it? That you you just gain so much credibility and yeah. reputation just because people seeing you have conversations with these people and seeing oh these people have been on your show. It's yeah. sort of uh, and it's like a ladder. You sort of start off well. Uh, in my case, I started <laughs> off with just people I messaged on LinkedIn. And then, yeah. as you say, you start to look what shows have they been on and you start to get bigger and bigger fish and so on. So, yeah. uh, and then it's actually, it's actually a really enjoyable thing to do. And you don't really, it's not, you know, I don't have to do any work. All I do no. is I press the button and then you come on and I just sort of ask stupid questions and just, you know, join in the conversation <laughs> sometimes. So it's actually a very easy, fun, fun thing to do. It's, I love it. And I yeah. think... I don't do, other than in the 90-day programme, I don't do any real one-to-one -one work now. Oh, really? But, like, in terms of, you know, again, you couldn't get the likes of Amy or Dean no. or James on a one-to-one. -one. There's no way. Like, yeah. the fact that Michael Hyatt, like, you know, the fact that I get to sit and talk to Michael Hyatt for a whole hour and yeah. pick his brain and ask him questions. And often I love it when I can be a little bit selfish and think, yeah. oh, I really want to know this. Tell me this. Well, you know? I tell you, and that's, I've learned, uh, I think I'm on about episode 24 now. 
and uh, I've just learned so much yes. just from asking because everyone's got their own way of doing stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you think, if you think of a question, just say it and get the answer. I mean, I've learned so much from you today. It's, it's been amazing Great because stuff. when you're watching other people's podcasts, you just get what other people want them to talk about. But yeah. that's the beauty of it. You can ask your own questions. And like I said, when, when would I have had an opportunity to get all those people to yeah. think on have It would cost you a fortune, wouldn't it? unbelievably <laughs> you know whereas yeah. actually and and to build those connections so then yeah. they now know who i am sure. you know so jasmine that one of the last events i went to and jasmine was there you know or if she dms me she'll say my favorite british person and all this kind of thing and oh, it's like right. you know because we know each other now because we yes. sat and had a conversation for an hour right. and and therefore it's not just about the content that you've created it's loads of things for me i think well, without doubt, the podcast for me was a game changer. Yeah. Like, to be fair, it's the hardest work. You know, it's it's tough getting everything out, and out every Monday, getting good guests, doing, yeah. thinking of what to say for the following week. Because I'm on episode 133. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. You know, so, oh wow, so almost three years, two and a half years now. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's hard work, but there's no way I would have got in front of those people. There's no way I would have got the audience I've got now. It's a very personal thing. Like I said, having someone with their earbuds in, and this is how I imagine it. And this is how I imagine yeah, yeah. people listening now, if they're listening yeah, to the yeah. podcast, that you know, they are walking to work yeah. or if they're in the car or yeah, yeah. I listen to mine getting ready in the morning, doing my makeup. It's a really personal sure. thing, isn't it? I think it's, it's it great. Is. Yeah. And um, so is it literally, is it just the audio you do or do you publish yeah. the video anywhere? You just do the audio. You know what? I, I just did the audio. However, I have all these videos yes. of me on screen with the, and some we're not on screen because of tech or whatever, but right. um, I have these videos and I have pictures of me sat next to them and this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And funnily enough, just yesterday in five minutes, I was looking for a video editor because I need a video editor. Mm. Um, so I spent five minutes looking for it and decided it's going to take way longer than that and ditched it for another day. Um, because I need, I'd like to do something with some of these videos and clip yeah. them, and, you know, because again, like with, with Dean's, what I did was, um, is I did put his video on my Insta story or some of the video just to clip yes. it. And it just has so much more impact. But I, I agree with you. If you're starting out with some content yeah. and you want to have one big, one core bit of content yeah. and then absolutely exploit that content, then video is the way to go. Because sure. there are so many options. Yes. You know, the fact that you can take a video and like you said, so you've got a live out of this, you can then put it on YouTube. You can then strip out the audio and make a podcast. Yeah, yeah. You can then take clips of the video yes. and load them up into IGTV or put them on yeah, Insta yeah. stories or, you know, you can then take the uh, audio or the video and turn it into a blog post. There's yeah, so yeah. much you can do with video. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we've only got a few minutes left. So I'm respectful of your time. I'm sure you're very busy and our guests as well. So um, yeah, is there any, anything you, you want to say as like a sort of closing message or anything like that? I think, it's about finding, if you're sat there listening to this and thinking, this is mm. what I want. I want mm. to do, uh, I want to do that online business. I want to have this. I want to have that freedom. Then you need a cheerleader. You need a mentor. You need a coach. You need someone to help you with this mm. because I had to have it. Keith, you said you had to have it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody that doesn't, even the big people, they have them. Sure. And I think it's about finding someone who you can look at and go, I like what you do. I like how you do it and, and just invest in that money because honestly, 
when it scared me and when I joined up for James Redmore's and I don't mind telling you how much it was, it was 15 grand. Wow. Like I was nearly sick. My husband thought I'd lost, <laughs> but I put my money where my mouth is and yeah. it made me move forward. Now yeah. I'm not saying you have to spend 15 grand cause no. you know, you don't, but you need to invest some money in yourself because if you're not paying, you will not, you'll not no. do the work. Yeah, you yeah. know, the people who do the 90 day program, which is currently at two and a half grand for 90 days, dollars, mm. not pounds. Yeah. They, they've put the money in so they do the work. And yeah, if yeah. I had said to them, you can have it for free, I can yeah, tell yeah. you now for nothing, they wouldn't have done the work. Sure. Because I've, I've done the same. And yeah. now I pay for things and I do more one-to-one stuff. So I have obviously a coach um, that I work with. And again, I wouldn't do the work if it wasn't for having her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's amazing. So, um, and so your site is TeresaHeathWearing.com. So that's, I suppose it's a blessing and a curse sort of having a name like that because it's a unique, <laughs> <laughs> you got the .com, but it's, it's, it's sort of quite hard to spell. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> like when you get the spelling, you'll find me everywhere. You just Because there's lots of room for error, like Teresa, sometimes people put an extra H, H in there, don't they? No and H where there. you've yeah. got an E in there. Yeah. But um, obviously, I'll put the link, uh, I'll put the link below so they can just click on it awesome. and find it. So, yeah, it's been lovely speaking to you. And, Thank um, you. Thank and you. yeah, it's nice to speak to someone in England because I was speaking to someone in America yesterday yeah. and uh, so it was always um, with the time zones it was always a, it was a bit hard to working yes. all out but uh, and your program does look fantastic uh, I shall definitely look into it and look at your website and look at your content and also um, subscribe to your podcast Thank you. so and I'm definitely going to listen to those two anyway the Amy Porterfield and the Dean Graciosi course yeah. I think they're going to be very interesting case. yeah really really good they're all brilliant Re- all really I bet good. they are yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, nice speaking to you the best. Have a have a great day. Thanks, Pete. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>